I'm Huey, the Comic Half Squatch, and High Commander of the Blaster Stash of Comic Book Review Show on YouTube. And I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon. You can too by going to patreon.com slash Gen X Grown Up. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners, to episode 83 of the Gen wow. X Grown Up Podcast. I'm John. Joining me, as always, is Mo. Hey, everybody. You know that George is here with us. Hey, how's it going, guys? You know, in this episode, we will take a look at the new Disney Plus series that chronicles NASA's Race to the Moon, test drive a bundle of apps that promise to augment your Windows desktop experience, and check out a new game that puts you in the cockpit for space battles in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> Where could that be? Who knows? Before we get into all of that <laughs> cool stuff, though, we uh, have to touch on what is always my favorite part of the show, which is fourth listener email. There's the three of us, myself, George, and Mo. We all listen. If anyone else listens, that's the fourth listener. And this time, <laughs> it's Butter Spider, longtime Ooh, listener. Yeah. yeah. Actually, someone we've met in real life yeah. at uh, Dragon Con, right? Yeah, yep. we met Butter there. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So Butter wrote in, subject line of his email was Chuck Norris slash 80s action oh, movies from our backtrack. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be good. <laughs> and it is. It, uh, I'm not going to hide the excitement that I have about this letter. So Butter Spider writes and says, Hi, guys. I just finished your recent podcast episode for the 80s action movies. One thing that you discussed was Chuck Norris and how he appeared to mm -hmm. be as a person in contrast to like Steven Seagal or Jean-Claude <laughs> yeah. Van Damme or whoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has a personal anecdote. Here we go. Really? He says, when I was probably 12 or 13, I had the opportunity to go to the set of one of his movies that they were oh, filming here in Georgia. Man. Super jealous already. <laughs> Just you're gonna get more jealous. Stand by. Oh no! It was in a local mall that they were destroying for the film Invasion USA. In, yep. <laughs> as soon as you said mall and Chuck Norris, I know which movie you're talking about. I've watched oh. that thing like 40 times. Oh my god! He says my best friend's mom was friends with a lady that owned a shop in the mall. They were all asked to attend and open the doors of their store so the mall looked active. It was pretty cool to watch. They blew up one of the stores, drove a truck through the front <laughs> doors, and ran around in the mall shooting at each other wow <laughs> yeah they did and he was there he was the, oh my god for a 12 year old it was epic oh you can be for my age is epic <laughs> you'd be epic for me right? too right <laughs> i want to go watch chuck norris drive through a mall right now yeah no, exactly just he's got a scooter <laughs> just, it's just it's okay yeah. i'd still be epic i'd watch absolutely he says back to the topic i remember how nice chuck seemed to be to everyone on set he mm. didn't speak to me of course but i was able to get a picture of him on my old 110 camera wow he was very good about it after i took the picture one of his security team approached me. Uh-oh. He was a local off-duty cop. He told me I shouldn't take pictures of Mr. Norris on set. Eh. I felt bad about it. Because it just comes out as a big, bright glow, like a star. It's because it's Chuck Norris. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, keep going. He says, but then the security guy gave me $5 and asked me to send him a copy of the picture because he was standing next to Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So, yeah, don't do that. But hey, since you did, give me yeah. a copy. That's great. So anyway, it all turned out great. I also managed to grab a few of these spent shell casings from the shootout, which he sent wow. us a picture of. He has a handful of these spent shells from the floor of the mall. Oh, man. Thanks for the memories, Butterspider. Holy Thank cow. you for the memories, Butterspider. Yeah. I feel like I was there, but I'm jealous that I wasn't. <laughs> you know, the thing that gets me the most about that is how he said my old 110 camera. Do you yeah. remember those yeah. 110s? Like the little yeah. cassette yeah. still got things? one. I've still got one on the shelf over here. <laughs> can you still get film? I guess probably can. There's yeah, still film shops that have that. Leg, though, but. Yeah, limited stock man <laughs> what a great story oh my god that's like a memory yeah you, you have forever right <laughs> it, it really is man you need to put those shells like in a, a shadow box and frame it with a picture of chuck or so that's yeah, pretty darn with that cool. picture from the 110 camera yeah, yeah. oh damn damn <laughs> see there not only are you getting memories from this you're getting craft ideas that's a fantastic <laughs> idea <laughs> with the marquee for the movie in there you know, yeah <laughs> thank you for sharing your email and your story butter spider we love that you did that we love every time the fourth listener writes in if you would like to have your email right here on the show make 
get as good as Butter Spiders if you possibly yeah. can. If you can, if you can. At podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one and we like to feature them here on the show. Okay. I don't know how we're going to follow up with that, but we have some topics to discuss in the regular <laughs> content of the show. So let's hop into it right after this break. It seems like I was born sneezing and sniffling, but I didn't have a cold. It was an allergy. So I got Chlortrimeton, made especially for allergies. So forget cold medicines. Take Chlortrimeton and don't treat your allergy like a common cold. You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Well, I don't have anything more to say about Chuck Norris, but we do have to talk about some media that we've been checking. It's so hard to follow is up a Chuck great story Norris like that. Is Chuck Norris in any of the topics we're going to talk about in media? No. He sadly, should be, I but yeah. I was going to say, he could be in spirit, the star of he all will of them. Be. Yeah, he will be. <laughs> Why don't we start with you, George? There was something that you were looking forward to that I was too and have not yet checked out. So why don't you tell either. us what you're watching? Yeah, absolutely. So back in 1983, there was a film that was released based on a book called The Right Stuff. It starred... Mm-hmm. Ed Harris mm-hmm. and Randy Quaid was in it and a whole bunch of people, Lance Hendrickson. I even saw him in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And it was a big film. Everybody talked about it. I never watched it. Not until this year did I ever watch that <laughs> oh, movie. Really? Okay. No, I had never watched it. I, always, <laughs> I had always meant to watch it, but I just never got around to it. And then finally, Disney Plus, as I talked about in my looking forward to segment mm-hmm, last time, right. releasing a new series, uh, like a episodic series based on on the film and the book sort of it was kind of a combination based on thing hmm. and they have so far released two episodes and i just want to preface this by saying what i did was i watched the two episodes that have been released so far of the disney plus series mm-hmm. and then because i was curious and i always told myself i wanted to go watch the movie i went back and watched the film finally okay this series kicks that film's ass it's yeah. just not even close yeah the really? film was really kind of dry and a little boring to me i hate to say that because i know a lot of people love that film but for me it was just kind of a little too slow paced and the characters were very i mean these are great actors ed harris you know all these people yeah they just came off very flat in that movie not so in this series this series really has some outstanding acting some outstanding writing you can see that they're highlighting a lot of the different parts because the person who apparently was on set of that movie was the uh, what's his name mo gordon um I can't remember his last name, but the he was one of the original oh, Gordon Cooper, Gordon Cooper. Yes. Thank you. He was the guy who was on set. And that's why a lot of the film has Dennis Quaid as him. It touches on him uh, a lot because okay. I guess he had a lot to do with a lot of stuff. Uh, he, he was there as like as a reference, as a consultant, yeah, like a consultant. OK, yeah, thing. yeah. OK. Yeah. This is the part where I did this. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And they do the same thing here. His character is one of the central characters in the storylines, even though you would think it would be, you know, mostly John Glenn or mostly, you know, Wally Shira or any of these people. But it's really good. It's really, really good. good. (laughs) They're releasing it once per week. So you can't, you know, watch it all in one big mega binge unless you wait until the end. I would really suggest anybody out there who likes NASA, likes the space race, Mo, and that's a huge part of your life. Oh, man. Definitely go and watch this either as the episodes come out, which I'm finding very enjoyable, or wait till the end and binge it. Well, you know, one of our patrons, Tom C., is a huge space nerd. He's written in several times. I <laughs> bet he's watching this, and I, I hope he writes in to tell us what he thinks about it. I read a little, I haven't watched any of it. I read a little bit of a blurb, and I, I saw something about that it's a, it's a grittier take mm-hmm. on the story, which kind of is in line with what you're saying. Is it 
I mean, from 83, a lot of stuff doesn't hold up from 83, just the way films are made and the way, you know, narrative is told. But I am so happy to hear from you that it is living up to what we want to see, maybe exceeding what they did in that. That's great news. I mean, just as an example, so the Gordo character in the film, he's kind of lighthearted and he's chipper all the time and he's making quips and jokes and everything. In The Right Stuff, one of the early scenes, he just knocks a reporter slap out on his lawn. Oh, just just <laughs> knocks him straight out. And so it's it's that kind of, you know, when you say grittier, it's that kind mm-hmm. of a feel to the whole story, but it feels realistic. Like his reaction in the scene doesn't come out of left field like you were like, yeah, finally. You know, that kind of a thing. So So it's a human story with all of the pros and cons, all the foibles Mm -hmm. people have. They don't seem to try and be sugarcoating what probably really went on with these Mm. guys. Because, you know, you got to realize that before this, like they were the first people ever called astronauts. Right. That was not even a term until Mm -hmm. that group of seven people. And they were the first people to be made celebrities for that kind of a thing. And celebrity was not unless you were a sports athlete, which was rare because not a Mm -hmm. lot of sports athletes were big celebrities even back then or a movie or TV star. Nobody really paid attention to you. Nobody showed up on your lawn with cameras or anything like that. And what these regular people who I, I call them regular people, but obviously they're tremendous pilots and mm-hmm. super well educated too, actually. Yeah. Regular people who weren't making hardly any money whatsoever and were used to getting shipped around the country as part of their military experience. Imagine what it would be like if all of a sudden 50 reporters showed up on your lawn and stuck microphones and cameras and flash bulbs in your face. I yeah. Mean, they, they do a good job of showing the emotional side of that. That's great. Yeah. This, uh, th- this is going on my watch watch list oh, for sure but that's what i'm watching john what about you well i'm gonna watch the right stuff very shortly yeah i, <laughs> I can too. tell you that but you know what well, was it almost maybe two years ago year and a half or so ago a surprise horror series dropped on netflix called the haunting of hill house oh, that yeah. i that good really stuff. enjoyed and uh they turned that into an anthology so a a second season of it they've changed the name of the show to the haunting so they had the haunting of hill house and now they have the haunting of bly manor that just came out on oh, netflix okay Okay. That's been in, in my banner feed. That's a Netflix. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Well, <laughs> you should probably, I think. Oh, I, I think maybe so. So, you know, so I watched Hill House when it was brand new and didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And it was, if you like horror, I wouldn't even call this horror. This is no. like scary thriller is what yeah. this is. It's so ridiculously well produced mm-hmm. and shot, and uh, it's it's based on classic horror. And so this one's based on uh, a classic horror uh, novel called The Turning of the Screw. Mm-hmm. And but they're kind of taking a lot of creative license with it. They took the anthology. A model that you kind of we've seen, I think, like an American horror story where mm-hmm. you have a lot of the right. same actors, but a whole different story. They're playing different roles and not all of them. And there's some new people in there as well. And I enjoy a great horror story mm-hmm. in general. But Bly Manor is it is such a slow burn. It's constantly just tightening up the tension a little bit with little tiny nuggets of things that are not, and no jump scares. Nothing's jumping out at you. In fact, quite the opposite. There's stuff just happening. There's ghosts standing in the background or creepy stuff that like the camera's locked down and you just see it. And you're like, oh, I didn't catch that out of the corner of my eye. Right. <laughs> it, it's what's the uh, you right, read Mad Magazine, right? And then you go back through it after you've read it because they have the things in the margins, the tiny cartoons. Oh, right. You know, mm-hmm. the, <laughs> watching this is like that. I keep panning back and forth on the screen because if you just watch the actor's face, you're going to miss something incredibly creepy and amazing that's in the distance. Who I didn't know how much I was looking like to another version of this Hill House thing. Mm -hmm. And Bly Manor has been about halfway through it right now. Uh, Aside from some questionable British accents, I will say that everything (laughs) in it is appropriately creepy and appropriately spooky. The whole concept, what I've skipped over, I've just been raving about, the whole concept is there's this family manor in England called Bly Manor, and there's some children there who've lost their parents under mysterious circumstances. They had an au pair taking care of them, but she uh, uh, apparently committed suicide. And this American woman applies for the job and gets the job now taking care of these children. you got a couple of creepy kids, you got some mysterious deaths going on, and it's perfect for Halloween time 
or any yeah. time, frankly. But, well, you watched some of this or oh, all yeah. of it, haven't you? Actually, I, yeah, I finished it and, you know, and, and no spoilers here. But let me tell you, I mean, your description, I think it was perfect. It was like it's a very kind of open and loose story at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And as it progresses, it gets tighter and tighter. And then it gives you a, a, I can tell you right now, it gives you a very satisfying like, OK, I get it. You know, like, like everything comes together. My chest is getting tighter and tighter as I watch it, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and at the end, you're like, oh, my God, this makes perfect. You know, OK, I get it. I know why this, you know, da, 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 and all this stuff. And even things that you didn't think were related, you're like, like, oh, OK. Oh, uh, of course they're related. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And like you said, I think it was just like such a well done, smart show. It, it makes you think, but not overthink, I guess, is the right word for it. Like you can just experience it and enjoy it. And like you said, it's like the little subtle things that make it like truly creepy. Like one of the things that was really creepy was the way the little girl keeps saying how everything is perfectly charming. Perfectly splendid. Perfectly, perfectly splendid. splendid. And then you find out later she got that phrase from her first au pair that right. killed herself and <laughs> exactly. she's been using that. It, it, it's little nuggets like that. Yeah. Now, George, you're into horror films. Did You didn't watch The Hill House. Is this new to you? Have you watched any this of this? This is completely new to me. The series, both uh, Hill House and Blind Manor, and that was, was going to be one of my questions was, should I go back and watch Hill House first and then nah. go watch Blind Manor? Or, you know, is one better than the other? I have absolutely no opinion on order or preference of them. They're both, I think, spectacular. Yeah. They're both slightly different. The Hill House, the first season was probably a little more horror-ish. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whereas the second one is more of a thriller with spooky stuff in it. They're both great. They stand on their own. You don't yeah. need any previous knowledge. Nope. Yep, the, the stories don't tie together. I'll probably go start with Hill House then and then mm-hmm. move into Bly Manor after that. Because I am I like the thriller thing that you're talking about, but I'm mm-hmm. kind of a horror guy at heart. So I think I'll probably go back to watch Hill House and then come and watch this. There's just so much out there that it's hard to find stuff like this sometimes. And I get jealous of people like you who haven't seen it yet. You get to watch it for the first time, damn it. I've already seen it. And I, I know. know all the surprises. <laughs> Again, no spoilers for Hill House because you haven't seen it yet. But there's going to be a scene that you're going to be like, oh my God. And you're going to yeah. like text us. And there's one specific scene that people talk about all the time. Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Absolutely. Anyway, so yeah. So that's and that's on Netflix. So they got deep pockets. So you know, good production values, yep. good talent in there. The Haunting of Bly Manor, which is actually season two of the Haunting Anthology series is out now you can binge all of it and i recommend that you do all right mo let's move on to you you had something you were looking forward to that actually sparked my interest a tiny bit yeah tell us about what you're watching so it was i bought i think it was last episode about the new walking dead anthology the walking dead world beyond right Mm. it's about the kids right about the kids that basically grew up during the zombie apocalypse right Mm -hmm. like they were first born after the apocalypse happened kind of sorta i I think i mean that was just what they were talking about in the promos and yeah i mean it seemed like they were like either super super young when it started like I'm not exactly sure what the timing on this and let me tell you it's like part of that not knowing the exact timing it really kind of bugged me a little bit like some of the stuff they have in the show because hmm. they have like a community and it's walled off of course and they have people who got their own kill on dead and that kind of thing right but the thing is that you look at like this community and it's like these kids were like going through like regular school which I'm like okay at some point that would happen right okay yeah eventually. and there's one thing that I see that just I don't know why it just bugs the crap out of me is that there are like people who are overweight. Where are they getting all that food? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm looking at. I'm like, or kids who are just going to school. That's it. And I'm like, I don't, you would think that you'd go to school half a day and spend half day working fields or half, they all have electricity. There's power everywhere. I mean, okay, this seems a little, either this is like way down the road, which I don't think it is. It doesn't seem like it is. Or it, I don't know. It's just like those little inconsistencies like just bugged me. And I kept thinking about that, which distracted me from like the, re- the regular story. Huh. Okay. You know, because I'm like, okay, that wouldn't be like that. I mean, it would be like 100 years before kids would be able to just go to school. You know, it'd be a couple generations probably. But you're saying that there is still should be this struggle to survive and that should be level. your part-time job, not just doing this one thing or just doing I mean, going to school you think or so? whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Well, so I haven't watched the series yet because I'm waiting until all the episodes come out before I binge it with the family. But the way you're describing it, I don't think I necessarily agree with your viewpoint of how society would evolve because you're not talking about how human society evolved in this country from, say, like the settler days when we first came here and we're you know, moving out west and sure. our children were working in the fields. And that's why school stops in the summer, because that's when they had to work the most and everything. And we've kept that tradition going now. 
you have to realize this is a society that already had moved past all of that and moved into a super technological state and then devolved because of the zombie apocalypse. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, the acceleration that would go back from an agrarian society, which is what we're seeing in the zombie apocalypse films, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it would be accelerated quite a bit because people would be trying to get back to it. I agree. I agree. Also, you know, you talk about people being overweight and that being a thing that pulled you out of it, I think that's going to happen no matter what, because you see that in, you look back through old historical pictures, there's not a, always a bunch of skinny people. There's quite often really big people, even back through the Middle Ages, you know, big people, they were rich, and yeah, so but they were fat because they were they big ghosts, because they were rich and had the majority of the food and <laughs> but stuff. But that's my point. They could still be that way in this society. I don't know because I haven't watched the films, but they, you know, these could be uh, people who are just well off. And Hey, hey, maybe it's just glandular, okay? Maybe yeah, it's just <laughs> That's true. And and the thing is that, I mean, I I see what you're saying, George. I totally, I see your point. But the thing, I guess is, I don't see us bouncing back within a generation like that to the point where- I think hmm, we would. Where you had pictures- recent pictures of people in frames who's making printer toner cape you know, who's making toner you know? Y- you know what mo something jumps out you know kind of springboarding off of what george said i've not watched this yet either but it's an intriguing thought that makes me want to at least kind of watch the pilot to think mm-hmm. about this more is that think about our current environment of the, the pandemic and the quarantines and everything how just absolutely rabid people were to get back to normal mm-hmm. yeah. the air quotes here that you can't see uh, true, true. and plus for your kids imagine if you're living in a, a zombie apocalypse and you've been through hell right and so now you have how hard would you work to try to deliver some kind of a normal childhood for your kids maybe you don't want them out shooting zombies and having to harvest the fields and whatever right. you would like you know what i want to create a childhood for my my kids yeah, but, for but, the future yeah no I, I see what you're saying but then again yeah. the reason why we have that today is because we have centralized food production and all this stuff which you would not have You just can't. Maybe it's a matter of fake it till you make it. The reason why we would have pictures and frames is because we'd have centralized food production? No, no. (laughs) Why you would have like why people would not have to work all the time is because you have centralized food. You have these massive farms that could, that could feed 10,000 people. Yeah, but you're not trying to feed 10,000 people. You're trying to feed a few hundred. Right. Just and the, the people, people in your little village. Fork. That would be yeah. quite a bit easier. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's not like the people. tools of the trade went away. It's, you know, they can still use them. They just, that we haven't seen in the zombie apocalypse walking dead world where people have tried to wall off their communities and been successful at it. It sounds like that maybe this particular particular group has been successful at keeping oh, their huh. their place isolated and free of attacks from other humans which is really the larger issue in the walking dead it's not the zombies that really get you it's other people that's what I, I, i'm sorry <laughs> they've talked I, about the whole yeah, time I'm, I, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on this one because again i don't see how people would have all have brand new clothes. They all look brand. It's just I, in the generation. I just don't see it happening. I mean, granted, yeah, people want to get back to normal. I totally understand get that, but I just don't. Mm-hmm. I don't see how you can get to that point where people have new blue jeans because you know how long it takes to sew one of those suckers by hand. Well, nobody else is wearing. Them. You're making a lot of assumptions, though. <laughs> Who said they were new? They may have just been clean. No, they look new. Trust me. <laughs> okay, but, <laughs> all right. So let, let, let me, I'm going to stick a the, pin the, in when this. You see it. You know, we can talk more about it. But like I said, it just to me, it just seemed inconsistent. Aside from having the ability to create some fantastic debate about the zombie apocalypse, which I think (laughs) has its own merit, how is the quality of the show besides these distracting kind of uh, challenges that you faced, Mo? The show, I mean, it seemed interesting. Like I said, I kind of tried to say, okay, let me just kind of look at the story part of it itself. Yeah. And again, it does seem a little bit more the same from the other Walking Dead stories. You know, the first thing they do is kind of thrust these people out of this safe community out into the wild, so to speak. Well, that's not good. Stay in. Stay inside there. (laughs) (laughs) And, And like George said, you know, obviously the biggest enemy is not necessarily the the undead here it's the people right yep so it seems like it's a little bit more of the same the fact that it's kids of course kind of raises that tension level up and some of the coincidences of like wow these two people happen to be together they don't know that they share this past history kind of thing is like a little too contrived too convenient or something yeah it's a little, little convenient i don't know maybe it'll get better right now it's not it's not completely grabbing me to be honest so hmm, okay so we know george is gonna watch it huge walking yeah. dead fan i think i'm gonna start watching it now just to defend it against mo <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's legitimate defending and not just cause those weren't new blue jeans damn it I checked they were frayed <laughs> I went to my dentist with the worst pain he told me about a different medicine it's in these little yellow pills Nuprin works so well on that pain no wonder it's great on my awful headaches Nuprin 
Little, yellow, different, better. It even worked on my worst pain. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's get into tech and toys. Again, I don't have anything. We haven't made a big point of that lately. I appreciate that, guys. So You're welcome. <laughs> let's just jump. You, you just know. haven't let us talk yet. Just wait. We're going to make a big deal of it. Keep talking. I'm talking about There's <laughs> <laughs> not a damn filibuster on the hill. <laughs> but again, just throw it right to you, George. So what have you got? What cool Mo would like to first? yield his time to the gentleman. <laughs> yes. I'd like to yield my time to, to the, the gentleman, gentleman from Florida. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We all know that we've been into this 3D printing world, and mm-hmm. I finally got my 3D printer, as we Yay! talked about on the last episode, mm-hmm. yep. and I've been printing stuff right up until the moment when I blew apart my extruder recently, so I'm getting a new extruder on the way. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, these extruders that are on these CR6SE, Six. which yeah. stands for, you know, piece of shit or whatever. I don't know. But, um... <laughs> No, I took it apart because I was having some filament jams with this new filament I bought and there's a spring inside of it. So anybody who has this Creality CR6SE, don't take apart that extruder and just pull the cover off. Everything's going to go flying because the spring will just unload its tension and little plastic pieces are going to go everywhere and you're not going to find them. So unless you want to spend 12 bucks on a new extruder, which is fine too. They're not that expensive, but so while I've been printing a bunch of stuff, I want to get into more of the design side of 3d printing. Okay. I want to start creating some new modeling house and modeling and stuff like that. One of the tools that apparently is very key to modeling and doing some of the design work that you might need to do is getting accurate measurements. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So how are you going to get those accurate measurements? You're going to use a caliper. Yep. I've never had a oh. caliper before. I've oh, always really? wanted one, but I've never had one. I have a reason, excuse. Yay. <laughs> I never needed one. <laughs> right. I did find one. I bought it during Prime Day. It was like 10 bucks off. So I got it for like $23. It's the Kynup Digital Calendar mm-hmm. and it's IP54, I think is the model number. It comes in a really nice hard plastic blue case. Comes with some extra batteries, which is a nice little feature. It's all solid metal, which I would really happy with because a lot of calipers out there the cheaper ones you can get them for like six seven bucks but they're oh, made yeah, out of plastic though yeah mm-hmm. so i was really happy to find this one on prime day i think normally it's like in the 35 dollar range okay that's not bad though actually for a yeah, good it's one not, it's not horrible i've played around with it a little bit it seems to be really really accurate it goes down to 0.01 millimeters okay on the oh uh, how damn. fine of a detail it can give you and it goes from zero to 155 millimeters in total measurement. And it can okay. measure things both on the um, exterior measurement, the interior measurement, mm-hmm. and even a depth gauge down at the bottom of the caliper. Like when you extend it, this yeah. little gauge comes out and you can measure the depth of an object as well, like a hole or whatever you have. So very cool little product. I'm looking forward to once I get my new extruder in playing around with some design aspects and just trying to create some general things and then using this caliper to try and teach me a little bit more about engineering design. No, that's cool. I'm impressed and have questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So is it like digital? Does it have like a readout, like an LCD screen? It's a digital caliper. So when you put an object in between the little teeth, for instance, if you're measuring the exterior and then you close it down, the little digital display, it displays the thing as you're moving along the axis of the slide rule. So when you get down to the part where you stop, then that's what it is. I measured, I had these little um, 20 millimeter cube tests that I had printed 
XYZ oh, right. tube. Oh, so you measure something you print and see how it turns out. Okay. And you mm-hmm. can see how accurate your printer is that way. Yep. So like on the Z and the X, my printer was 19.89. And then on my Z axis, it was like 20.03. So I'm like, okay, that's pretty accurate. That's not bad. That's all kind of cool. That kind of specific, that, that's like looking at a cool spreadsheet, like that kind of accurate right. specificity, <laughs> but in the physical world that I've never played with one of those. I just see them. It's like something you see in a movie. It's like, I'll never have a use for that. And now I almost kind of maybe do. So yeah, I mean, I've had one for a bit. They're super handy. Oh, I assume yours does like inches or millimeters, right? I see. It has, yeah, I can do switch between. Uh, inches, millimeters. There's actually three measurements on there. I have one that has like, it does inches like in fractions or decimal and that kind of fun stuff. But yeah, they're, they are super handy, especially if you're doing any of your own kind of design. Like matter of fact, I'm putting together something because I bought a new, on Prime Day, I bought something for charging my phone. One of those QI chargers, you just sit your phone on top of it. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. thing for my watch, but I put a watch, my watch band is so heavy. It's not like the standard one that it kind of makes it fall. <laughs> so I was going to put like a little, make a little plastic piece to fit on there to keep my watch suspended correctly. And okay. having that caliper there makes it super easy because trying to measure things with a ruler is just it, it, it's That's impossible in some spots. Yeah. yeah. And plus you're usually guessing, you know, you're like, eh, it's about an inch. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Whereas this yeah. one, you know, matter of fact, the thing about these calipers that kind of drives me a little crazy sometimes is that it's so accurate that it's like, it's 0.01 off and which really probably doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's enough. Like if you're slightly OCD, it's like, oh man, you know, I got to make them exactly the same, which is probably useless, but still fun. But you want them right. Yeah. Well, John, think about that uh, thing that you had me print out, John, that little filament guide that goes in between the sensor and the extruder mm-hmm. on yeah, the C- yeah. CR6. Right. So the one that I printed out, it was slightly off. Like when I clipped it all the way in, it mm-hmm. the little hole that would go into the extruder went just a little bit past the extruder's actual entrance. And oh. so when I would try and feed filament, it wouldn't quite go in because, you know, it only showed about half of the opening. But with these calipers, I could redesign a new thing very quickly and easily <laughs> to fit my particular printer and where everything lines up. It's a degree of physical world specificity that I've like, I'd never cared about tenths of millimeters before. And now, right. and now, you and now, we, now we do. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely do. That's okay. That's really cool. And I know I want one and never knew it. I needed one. <laughs> yeah. And they, sure. They're not super Damn expensive it. either. So that's, that's no. the other good thing about them. They're not like, cool. you know, a hundred dollar tool. Right. And the one George okay. has, I looked yeah. it up on Amazon. Yeah. It's, it normally goes to like 30 seven, I think. You probably sold another one for him. Good job, George. There we go. <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> so, John, what about you? Have you got anything in Tech and Toys since Mo is absent again from his own yeah. category? Yeah, you, you can yield the rest of Mo's time to me if you like. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I do. I... um so there's a company called Stardoc that has been around for a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I used to use a an application from them called Fences. Yeah, I used that was a long time ago, that holy cow. Yeah, so it's a desktop app. You've all seen the joke of somebody has a Windows desktop and it's absolutely littered with icons, <laughs> like from top to bottom, and it's crazy. And the concept of fences is it kind of creates fences, a little like uh, corrals for your icons. Mm, uh, so good you're group, you know, your applications, your files, your pictures, your documents, whatever, in these little boxes that they scroll. And it really organizes your desktop. And my desktop was getting a little unruly and I hadn't used that in a while. So I went to Stardock to see, maybe get a new license for it and start using it. And I ended up purchasing this bundle they have that is ridiculously full of stuff that you may or may not need, but they have a bundle called the Stardock Object Desktop. And it's really just a collection of applications and they're all intended to enhance your Windows desktop experience. Think back to, oh, what was that bundle that you could get for Windows XP? The, oh, damn it. What was that called? The, um... The Plus Pack, like Windows Plus. Remember those? And it had like little screensavers and had stuff more in it. themes. Yeah, it had, it had soundscapes and themes and stuff like that. The days of kind of tweaking your Windows desktop have gone away a lot because Windows 10 kind of has all those. There's transparency and animations and stuff. They do all that natively in Windows. And I picked this up. So let's jump to the end first, which is the whole bundle is $29 for what ends up being 12 applications. Some of them are kind of cosmetic and if you like that thing, hooray. Some of them are actually <laughs> for productivity. Offenses is in there for one, which I really enjoy. Uh, and then they have some stuff like sound packager and deskscapes that let you put animated backgrounds on your wallpaper and things like that I didn't care so much about. But a couple that I wanted to point out that are pretty awesome for this bundle that if you like tweaking and kind of power user on your uh, on your desktop and Windows, they have one called Groupie, which is not someone that hangs out with the band backstage, but rather, you know how when you're in your browser and you can have multiple tabs of your browser 
browser to switch between. Mm -hmm. Groupie will let you do that with multiple applications. So for example, we spend a lot of time in Trello and Slack and I use those interchangeably. I'm able to pin those together. So those two are two tabs of one window that I can switch between in one thing. That was pretty awesome. Oh, so like you do in browsers, you said, right? Just like you do in browsers. Yeah. There's another one in the bundle called Multiplicity, which is a way to use the same mouse and keyboard across multiple PCs across your network without having a physical connection. So I have my laptop to the left of my work computer and I kind of move my mouse off the left edge and it appears on the right edge of my other computer and I can type and everything and the clipboard persists across those. Oh, really? Yeah, that's just a couple of the things that are in this. And more than the individual pieces, this having as a huge bundle has been a fun way to customize. They have ways to create desktops with layouts of, oh, I always like to have this to the left and this to the right. You can have presets and things like that. But I haven't really been in this world of like Windows desktop customization in uh, probably 10 years because Windows 10 kind of fixed it. But yeah, the productivity stuff, especially in this is worth taking a look at. So if you are a, a regular, if you sit in front of your computer all day and use it all day. And like a lot of people that I know, especially now in the world of, you know, Zoom calls and crap, <laughs> probably do. <laughs> if the kind of thing you like tweaking with, you should take a look. We'll put a link in the show notes yeah, to this object sure. desktop. There's a bunch, a lot of bang for the buck in there with 12 features across that. I can tell you like the one, when I, I used to use fences a lot. Yeah. Right. Because my desktop would get just, because I had a habit of just dropping these on my desktop if I needed it. Oh yeah. So I could find it quickly. And then pretty mm-hmm. soon my desktop was like this mess. And the best feature that fences had, which was awesome, was able to create a corral or a fence of new items. Yeah. So yeah, anything rules. I dropped new it would just fall into this one little area. And mm-hmm. I knew I had to like clean that area up periodically, but it didn't like mess up my whole desktop. So it was it very, was. very yeah. handy. Yeah. yeah. They do a really good job with their stuff. And again, not all these are going to be for everybody, but in a bundle like that, you're bound to find a few things that you like. So check it out if you want. I got a question for you on it, John. Yeah, man. So you said $29, I think. Yep. Okay. So the question I'm going to ask you is, is that a one-time fee? Is that a per computer or is that an annual subscription or what are we talking about? That's a really good question. And uh, that's why I asked it. There, <laughs> <laughs> I don't ask stupid questions, John, obviously. <laughs> so what they do is when you purchase that $29, that is a one year subscription to updates and support. Okay. And I think technically it's a one computer thing, although some of these things are designed for multiple computers anyway, like the multiplicity is for That's multiple That's what I was PCs. curious about. Yeah. So you don't need multiple licenses for those things. And I think you're actually entitled to activate it like three times on three computers if you have like a desktop and a laptop. They're pretty forgiving about that. Uh, but what happens at the end of the year is what you have continues to work, but you can no longer get updates or any kind of support if you need it. So if you like what it does out of the gate, you're fine. If you want to future-proof yourself, you might need to renew. But in my case, I mean, I used fences for years with one license that I bought and then until I just stopped using it. So you can keep using it beyond that subscription if you want to without any penalty. Cool. Yeah, actually, I think you get bug fixes even after the year if there's like a serious bug that need, but you don't get oh any yeah you like security flaws and like stuff that. like yeah. that yeah 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 i mean they're, they're an established company they're gonna leave you high and dry they've been around for a while so oh i know it's, i think i bought their stuff like you said from windows 95 or something i know yeah they've been around for a good long while Kentucky Fried Chicken's new chicken little sandwiches. They cost just a little, but people love them a lot. Come and go with me. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get into games. Whoa. Oh, what? No. I'm disappointed. You're always now. giving me shit. Oh, no. no. I mean, that was, I mean, I mean, no, you're I always giving me shit. jealous. That's why. No. Because <laughs> you talking about it first. We don't have a signature opening like you do. I know. We're just, we're just envious. <laughs> Fine. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Woo.
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for the Generation X game segment. Woo! All right. Yes. Woo! Yes. It we just got wouldn't it. be a Thank game you. segment without that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we've got a couple of games here. And yes. honestly, I'm really more excited for Moe's video game than I am for mine <laughs> because I wanted to buy this myself. It's one of these AAA brand new title yeah. things. And I want to find out about it. So, Mo, what is it that you're playing right now? I'm playing Star Wars Squadrons. Yes. Hmm. So it just dropped, like, about, I guess about three weeks ago. It's a dogfighting in the Star Wars universe. You can play either side. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. It's exactly what I always wanted out of a Star yeah. Wars flight game. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm with you, George. I was totally in the same boat with you. And I was like, wary to buy it because I was like, oh, my God, this is either going to be like the best game ever or it's going to piss me off. I wasn't sure. Which right, way it was go. and it's not cheap, right? It's forty bucks. Is it forty bucks? I, okay, I thought for some reason I was thinking it was sixty, but oh no, no, it's forty bucks. It's not, it's not okay. god awful expensive. Um, so I've been playing it on and off now for a couple weeks, and. I'm enjoying the crap out of it. Really? Mm. Yeah. Okay. So it has a single player mission. And so that was my big worry. I was like, oh, this is a single because I'm not a big massive online multiplayer. Guy. Lots of people. Mm-hmm. And so I played the single player mission and you actually flip sides during the story. So sometimes you're playing Empire. Sometimes you're playing New Republic. Yeah. The trailer kind of did that. I was like, oh, that's going to be interesting. And the funny thing is that the, the thing that was the weakest for me was the single player experience. Because, I mean, the missions are fun because one yeah. is like, it's not just you dogfighting because it's dogfighting with a purpose you got to do this you have to do this particular task and this the scenery it's not just flying through empty space there's huge massive ships running through there's like graveyards of ships with this debris everywhere that you have to avoid and they even have like stuff that you can fly through which is really fun and then i said okay let me try the multiplayer and this is where i was gonna get scared right because you know how those work out usually, right? Especially yeah. for the older generation exactly, of gamers right? who get are getting killed. owned by the 12-year-olds mm-hmm. that have been exactly. playing the like, game for like a week. Right, exactly. You jump on there and the first thing you do, you yeah. get killed. Then you wait, respawn, you get killed. Wait, you respawn, you get killed. I actually did okay. Okay. Mm. The matchmaking must be pretty good. I didn't do like the best, but I had fun. You held your own, at least. You didn't, you didn't had, just walk in own. and get shot. Right, okay, exactly. Yeah. It's five on five. They, they have, actually have a couple different ways. They have five on five, and they have one that's like a progressive mission where it starts off five on five, and then if you beat the other team, you move on, and then they fight against capital ships, like the bigger ships. Uh-huh. And if you win that, then you move on to like the Star Destroyer, and you have to blow that up. But you're only controlling the actual like dogfighter kind of ships. They have a good variety of ships, and I'm actually glad they didn't call them upgrades. It's more customization of your ship because you could upgrade your ship to like, <laughs> okay, I want to have better shields, but then you're going to give up something to get that. Oh, because of like the limited space on the ship or something? Like you can only Oh, fit- yeah. And I think hmm. it's to keep it balanced too so that somebody can't create. Oh, that makes create, sense. For multiplayer. Yeah. Right. You can't create like this ultimate ship. Now, you could, cre- you could customize it to maybe the way you play the game. Like for me, I'm like, I threw everything in shields because I got shot a lot. Defensive. But yeah, I gave yeah. up some. I can't shoot as fast because of that. But for me, that was better at the, for now, especially. So it's like pimp my ride, Star Wars edition. You can yeah, exactly. kind of <laughs> tweak what you've got a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's, and they are got spinners. Just, it's great. Exhibit pops out of a airlock. And- <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it starts. It starts bouncing to the music. Force be with you, yo. Yes, of course. <laughs> so it's, to me, so I'm still actually enjoying the multiplayer experience with it. You could customize your ship with things like colors, which don't really affect anything except the way it looks. Yeah, well, that still counts. Yeah. Right, it still counts. And of course, they have some stuff that you can buy these packs if you want to get this special helmet, which I'm never going to do. But I'm glad that stuff you buy doesn't has nothing to do with the gameplay. It shouldn't. For multiplayer, it can't. Yeah. Right. Here's my quick follow-up question on this. I mm-hmm. looked at a couple of screenshots and a video real quick to just to prep for the show to know what we're talking about. And the thing that jumped out at me that I'm concerned may, might make it not for me is I would be most interested in single-player experience. And you said a little lackluster. I'm sure that was an afterthought that came around. But when I saw it, it made me think of Free Space. It made me think of Wing Commander, which are huge single player missions where you're dogfighting and flying in space and shooting things. Do you get any of that kind of like Wing Commandery kind of cockpit stuff from the single player? Is it pretty kind of like an on rails what's happening in the Star Wars universe? It's, it's an on rails experience. Yeah. It's, it's not. Uh, yeah, like I said I think the weak. I think the single player was is the weakest part of the game. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it, it was. I'm glad I did it because it was good training. Sure. Yeah. It's more of a tutorial. Learn how to fly your ship almost. Yeah. I bet, and it because, wasn't like yeah. yeah, it was because they introduce you to each ship and you know each yeah. mission takes you to a different ship and you have different types of objectives and missions which you get to do later in the multiplayer. 
So I, it really is like just like a way of a tutorial without being a tutorial. Hmm, okay. So um, the other thing I would say is that this is the first game I bought that made me wish I had VR. God, oh, it supports that, does it? Okay. It does. That makes sense. Because, you know, you're flying around and somebody zips past you and you want to turn your head and see them, you know, mm-hmm. um, which you can't do because, you know, you can't really turn your head in the game. Does the game have VR support? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big oh, time. Okay. Oh, um, and I was watching dang. some stuff online where people like film their VR experience. And let me tell you, it's it looked really cool. <laughs> so now this game might cost me four hundred and thirty dollars instead of just thirty dollars. Apparently, oh no, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make the plunge because you know I'm just not ready to make that kind of commitment right now. I got my 3D printer commitment. I got my other. <laughs> um, you know, I've only so many relationships I can handle at one time. <laughs> but it did make me want to do VR because the idea of controlling this thing and being able to look around the cockpit just seems mm-hmm. like it would be just a blast. So what about a rating? What, what would you? You've played it for a few weeks now. How many tokens do you think you would give this? Or is it too, too early? What do you think? I would, right, I would give it four tokens. Yeah? Damn it. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you just keep costing George money. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a five-token game. No, okay, here's a caveat for you, George. I have to throw it in there. Okay, all right. I tried playing it with a with a controller first, mm-hmm. and I hated it, and okay. I have a flight stick. Yeah. I played with that, and it was amazing. Damn it. Hmm. So now, like, I'm up to 500, <laughs> apparently. I'm going to have to play. Hmm. No, I have an older one, but it, so it worked great. I mean, it, it seamlessly integrated with it. And I would I'd expect mouse and keyboard control is probably pretty good for those, too, if you don't have a flight stick, though, isn't it? Yeah, it, it did, but it's like the uh, being able to do like the the roll and dive and all that stuff with you could do with a flight stick very easily. <laughs> yeah, because mouse and keyboard have never been great for the three dimensional type of movement, right? They're always great right. for traveling on land, jumping up or something like that. Oh, but the up down. When you have that Z axis yeah. involved, mm-hmm. I've never found a really great keyboard experience for that. I'm gonna have to get a damn flight stick. Jesus. Yeah, because you want to turn slowly <laughs> versus turn fast. Right. And I can tell you the, in the multiplayer where I had like my ass kicked seriously is when I played against people who are obviously playing together as a oh, team. Oh, yeah, sure. Actually working together and have yeah. a plan. and Because yeah. the way they were doing stuff, I'm like, wait a minute, this guy is drawing me in and these other two are like killing me now. I'm like, this has happened but like you four know, times. That doesn't deter cool, me. That no, tells me, me that, that there's actual skill involved in working together that you could get better if you actually had, you had a squad of people that were dedicated to it. So that, oh, yeah. I, I wish yeah, I, yeah, George, some I really want you to buy it because, and John, I want <laughs> I you to know, get it too. I can tell. Because I would love to like have us be a team talking to each other as things are going through actually cooperating (laughs) yeah you know, I'm all for the Mortal Kombat 11 subscription service, but I still haven't gotten that one either. So, mm. well, Mo, why don't, you, why don't you buy us each a copy? I think that'd be very generous. Of you. <laughs> In a way, it'd almost be funny because then I make George buy a flight stick and then I make him. I would. <laughs> Damn. I, I ended up would. So then yeah. that would be like a little like, uh, hey, this could be kind of like a little weird way of like getting at you guys. But and then the next thing is trying to talk either my wife or my mother into letting me use one of their credit cards to buy the Oculus Go whatever i need for vr Damn, yeah, i think there's a new one out too but that's all, that's the story for oh another jesus time. stop it quit it you're <laughs> killing me that's, it, that's a story for another damn time it. i'm up to like a thousand at this point for this yeah, one no, damn game i know christmas is coming i'm hoping i'm in good this year I'm, right. to, I'm already running through justifications in my head honey if i have the <laughs> oculus rift here's what i can do <laughs> all right so george what do you have on a much more reasonable cost level <laughs> well quite a bit cheaper than what it sounds like damn, i'm gonna need damn. for Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, We're back into the Humble Bundle Steam Alphabet Soup giveaway stuff that we've been doing. Cool. We're up to the letter Q. So, boy, a very difficult game to find when you're talking about the letter Q and then you're Mm -hmm. getting a subset of that of games that start with the letter Q that have been offered on Humble Bundle and then another subset subset that I have actually bought that you have you yeah. know a Humble Bundle but I did find one I actually had like three All different right. games to choose from uh, the other two were really terrible this one looked kind of interesting so I ended up <laughs> okay. selecting a game called Cube Q-U-B-E. It sounds familiar. It should. It's been out for a little while. This is the director's cut edition. And I picked this one up as one of those humble freedom bundle ones. That giant bundle that came out in like 2017. Yep. I picked it up in that group. And I think the only way I can describe this, this one made me feel like I was playing Portal all over again. It's one of those yeah, really? first-person like puzzle solver. And- yeah, white oh. void kind of a thing. You're a NASA 
astronaut it looks like and you just wake up and people are talking to you in your headset and they're like oh he's been unconscious oh he's waking up okay space travel blah 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 you get your gloves and when you walk into certain rooms there are a bunch of white bricks and then there's one or two or three colored bricks Mm -hmm. and your gloves have that color in them when you walk into the room and when you left click the mouse it moves the brick one direction when you right click the mouse it moves it the opposite direction okay and these bricks have different properties some of them are just stepping stones so Maybe you raise the bricks up so you can climb like them to the next level. Something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, other ones are springboards. So you retract the brick and when you step on it, it boing and shoots you across the room kind of a thing. Okay. That's as far as I've gotten because. <laughs> <laughs> so boing. <laughs> the game is a little laggy oh. on my system right now. Oh, no. Now, I was really? playing it really? on my old video card because the, or my integrated video card, because the way my desktop and room and all are set up, I have my really nice video card hooked up to my big 40 inch TV. Right. Mm-hmm. But the desktop monitors are just hooked up to the integrated i sure. you know okay intel yeah, right, video right. Yeah. card whatever oh i see yeah so with the way my desk is set up and where it's positioned in the desk and everything i don't have a keyboard in front of me where i can play it on the big screen easily so i have to play it at the desktop so i'm playing it on those crappy ones so the only way i can switch over to the good video card is by plugging and unplugging a bunch of cables that are not easy to get to so so far I haven't gotten that far into the game, but the game is interesting enough that I am going to reroute some cabling so that when I want to, I can play this game on the good video card sitting here at my desk in front of my dual monitor setup. Oh, no, that's a testament. You're willing yeah. to, yeah, you're willing to, to work. make the effort. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So it's a solid game right now because I haven't played a lot of it. I would give it a three and a half token rating out of five. It's a solid game. I think it, it sounds like enjoyable. a benefit of the doubt rating almost, right? Yeah. And there is a, <laughs> Um, there's a cube two that's out and it's been out for a little while hmm. cube director's cut is still being sold on steam right now it's 9.99 so it's not a horrible price and i no. would suggest that ten dollars is probably a good price to get it for okay. if you could get it cheaper absolutely it's an insta buy but ten dollars i think is reasonable for this game okay that's, that's i do like those kind of first person puzzly things you mentioned portal which is awesome mm-hmm. there oh, yeah. was yeah there was one that was uh i forget the name of it there was uh the witness the one by jonathan blow who did braid Oh, yeah, that was a good one, too. Those could be really fun. Right. I was looking on Steam and the reviews, and this one review, John, is like, I think it was geared, like, they should have titled this, Hey, John. <laughs> okay. What is, it says, why? Cube offers a delightful on-screen Rubik's Cube to puzzle oh. users, pu- puzzle lovers. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> That's very apt. I mean, it's huh. it's all about the different colors. You can even see it in the logo. Like, the Q has got a little red cube in it. The U has a little blue cube in it. The B has a yellow one and then a green one. Those are the colors of the cubes in the game. So it's very puzzle driven and those colors definitely make you feel like a Rubik's Cube. And when you're playing it, it's just a stark white room with these single blocks of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's a really yeah. I'm looking absorbing. at the screenshot. That's what I've remembered. Yeah, yeah, that looks neat. Yeah, it's really absorbing. I, I really enjoy it. So now we're up to Q on your A to Z old games you didn't play yet. <laughs> you know the yeah, question We're getting really close to the end. I want to hear the cost analysis update where we're at. Sure. So had I bought all these games at full price or at the current Steam prices, I should say, I would have spent $264 at this point. <laughs> okay. uh, this one was part of the Humble Freedom Bundle, which... I have several of my games that are in the list that came from that bundle because it was sure. just so large. It had 135 items in that bundle. Uh, I paid $30 for the bundle. So each item in the bundle cost me 22 cents. <laughs> Not even a quarter. Less than a game of Galaga, George. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I have spent total on individual games is $6.60 at this point. So a savings of $258 roughly. So what you're saying, though, is that for a game that you paid 22 cents for, you think it'd be worth $10? I would be. Yeah, I would have paid $10. That's cool. Yep. All right. that's, That's a testament. Yeah. Oh, damn. Okay. I know, but, I know. So we don't have many left. I, I'm going to be disappointed when the series is over. I have to restart it, go from <laughs> Z to A again or something. This is I cool, probably but... could do the series in these right? alphabetical lists about four times. <laughs> <laughs> now, since you have this backlog of games, we've often been dipping into your well of generosity for a giveaway. Do you have a giveaway this uh, episode? 
I do. I do. Oh, I don't okay. know what to uh, what to use as the subject of the email, so I'm going to let you guys figure that out while I explain that the game that we have to give away this time is called No Time to Explain, and this is the remastered edition. I know this game. This yeah. is a cute little game. <laughs> yes. So, I, I'm not even going to tell you about it because playing it for the first time is part of the charm. Yep. It's a, it's a fun little game. A lot of people enjoy it, I know. And I'm happy to give away this extra key. I, I think I've got like, I know I have at least one key. I might have multiples. I'm not sure. But but yeah, it's a fun game. Oh, okay. How about a subject line of uh, George's new flight stick? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Why okay. not? Am I going to get go some ancillary charges off of this so I can help pay for that flight stick? Is that what's going to No, on? no. It's just to kind of rub <laughs> no. salt in the wound is all because you'll be buying one. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> If you want a copy of No Time to Explain for Steam for PC, hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com with the subject line, George's New Flight Stick. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> First one to write us, you'll get a free copy. All right. Thanks, George. This is fun. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Why do we make future shine with tough acrylic? Because we know what your floor goes through in a day. Future with clear acrylic, the tough shine for your high traffic floor. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily. Before we wrap up this episode, we always like to take a moment here toward the end to look forward to the things that are going to be released or available between now and the next time we get together to talk. Uh, And I will kick it off with (laughs) something, a a film (laughs) series that makes me uncomfortable in the best possible way. Uh, You'll all remember the original Borat film that came out uh, some years ago. Sasha Cohen, yes, Sasha Baron Cohen, that's right. He has a sequel coming out. It's called Borat 2. It's also called Borat Subsequent Movie Film, which I think is awesome. But it has a full title, which I will now regale you with. (gasps) Borat Subsequent Movie Film Delivery of Prodigious Bribe to American Regime for Make Benefit Once Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. (laughs) (laughs) Is the full title. (laughs) And again, he got in a great deal of danger. He does these scenes where he is so deep in this character and people think it's legit. They don't know who he is and he oh. ends up pissing people off and getting yeah, a spend of time and, that people kind of forgot, I guess, or? Oh, I guess. I don't know. Or maybe, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people. It's like an never, intelligent jackass movie. Yeah, it's it's a thinking man's jackass, acting. which is the most ironic phrase I've ever spoken right. to. <laughs> in a great yeah, long no, time. I've never got to put those, uh, those words together ever. The man captivates me. The, the His films like this make me uncomfortable. I mean, the Dali G show was like that a bit too, or he was kind of in character and pissing people off. But that's kind of the point. But his bravery in, yeah. in delivering what ultimately is hilarious if you can get over how uncomfortable you are is really interesting. I know there's a lot of political stuff. There's a lot of stuff involving Donald Trump in it where he showed up at a rally dressed as Trump, I think. Oh my God. Crazy Jesus. stuff for this film. And I just, I can't wait to see what he does with it. It comes out October 23rd and in this new world of, you know, streaming because there's no theaters, Amazon picked it up. So Amazon Prime, it'll oh. be available for you there to watch for free if you already have a Prime membership. So <laughs> if you have Amazon Prime. Yeah. Well, who does it these days? Yeah, no, so, really. Or if not, it'll be like two or three bucks to rent on Amazon. That's oh, true. sure. So, That's true. Yeah. I remember Borat and the part that made me the most uncomfortable when he was wearing that unitard thing. Oh, yeah. The little bathing oh, yeah. suit thing. The, the was that what it was? Suit? I don't the know banana what the hammock thing. thing. Yeah. The bathing suit deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like you said, he's like, that guy is like so talented. And I don't know. It's like, he's such a weird dichotomy because he's so talented, but he does it like these offbeat kind of weird for me, things. You know? He's my modern day Andy Kaufman. Good question. That's a really yeah. good comparison. Yep. yep. He commits to it and he yeah. makes you uncomfortable. And he's fearless. It's yeah. just, it's, it's bananas. So yeah. that's an excellent yeah. comparison. I, I'm simultaneously looking forward to it and a little anxious about what's going to be in it because I know it's going to make me uncomfortable, but yeah, can't wait. George, how about you? What do you got coming up on the horizon? Sports, more sports. I love I sports. I thought they canceled all those. No, there's sports know. going on all around us now. There's, there's MMA back. There's basketball, football. Football, but yeah. I'm not watching any of those sports. Marbula <laughs> One League. <laughs> the Marbles. November 7th. <laughs> Season two 
oh, it's going to be so much fun. I'm looking forward to it so much. They just literally announced it the day that we're recording this podcast, like probably 20 minutes before we start oh, recording. Oh, I, got really? the, I'm I got the notice. I'm like, oh, that's so much fun. I don't know if you guys know. Well, you, I think we talked about it on the show mm-hmm. a while back that John Oliver had sponsored, sponsored the latest yeah, he did. Olympic yeah. version because they do on this Marbula Challenge, uh, Jelly's Marble League, they do different <laughs> seasons of different types of sports. So they had the Olympics that he sponsored. Now, Marbula One is like the Formula One version of the marble racing. Right now they have going on what's like the off-road racing. They're racing down sand traps (laughs) on a beach and stuff right now. But Marbula One League Season 2 starts November 7th. I am so looking forward to this. It is so stupid to be looking forward to a bunch of marbles running around a plastic Lego track. But that's what I'm looking forward to. I don't blame you, dude. I will testify that like you'll put a link in our chat. You'll say, yeah. hey, here's this video, this Marbula thing. I roll my eyes, I click on it, and I sit there rolling my eyes for an hour because it's good. <laughs> and I say, exactly. This is ridiculous. This is stupid. Oh, oh, let me pause it. I want to miss this part. Rewind. <laughs> Right. I, I still, <laughs> it ends up, despite myself, I'm enjoying it. I know. It's like, it's weird. It's like, I'm actually rooting for a team. Like, uh-huh. I, exactly. I it's yeah, it's like, why am I rooting for anybody? Yes. <laughs> They're just marbles, but I swear to God, that announcer brings them to life. And I've got oh, favorites yeah. in every single season of every type of sport they do. Like, <laughs> I swear to God, I'm so pissed that the O-Rangers didn't win the Olympics. Oh, oh so my God. Oh, my God. They, go the there. Way. <laughs> they were wrong. Travesty of marbles. <laughs> it was. Oh. It was. It was a fix. Oh, Sorry, November seventh, Marbula One League. Yes. Oh yeah. I, we should do a watch uh, party of that. I'll probably, <laughs> I'll probably watch it too. Yeah. <laughs> Mo, what about you? What are you looking forward to? Okay, so I'm looking forward to something that not quite as exciting as the Marble League. But, <laughs> but what is really but what is but what is and and it won't make you uncomfortable like borat so that's good mm, yeah. it's the new season of the mandalorian which everybody's oh, looking forward to oh nice really? yeah. when's it coming quick, out huh? it's coming out um the 30th of october oh, sweet. oh hell like a week a little over a week okay yep is the first episode so so what's going on the new season do we have any idea well they think that there's some it's a lot of rumor of course I haven't seen any trailers or anything, so I guess there is no trailer out now. Oh, there's a trailer out now? Okay, good. But there's a lot of like, a lot of questions because they wonder like if, uh, what's her name? Like Osaka, I think is her name. She was a character in one of the animated series. She's in the animated animated. series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They think she's going to be in this. That's one of the rumors you hear out. Boba Fett Mm. may be in it too. That's another rumor you heard. Wow. I have a lot of uh, faith in Jon Favreau on these things. You know, I'm sure he's going to do it justice. And He's also, I think, going to keep it to the story that is there, hmm. which is, you know, kind of like the Western sort of thing that he has going on with this. Right. So yep. uh, it's a guaranteed auto watch for me just because the first season was so amazing. And so I, you said, I'm so looking forward to it. And the other thing I'm looking forward to when they eventually come out is the whole kind of like the making of series that they did of the first. I'm assuming they're going to do it. Yeah, you one talked about how good that was. Yeah. Yep. And that was pretty cool. So I think Disney hit out of the park with this one. So looking forward well, to it. Good timing for you, George, because you just re got Disney Plus because of the yeah. right stuff and now you're you're right in time for the Mandalorian I know, that worked right? out perfectly <laughs> I'm assuming they're going to release these weekly like they did yep. last time yep that's so, the weekly schedule I, you know they're going to keep my subscription for a couple of months it sounds like based yeah. on <laughs> this and the right stuff but well, I'm yeah. you, that's going to show you right? you put out good content people will subscribe right absolutely that's right if you build it they will come so I've heard <laughs> somewhere right <laughs> yeah you know rather than paying for 50 channels that you only care and about the two the new Field of Dreams series starts on Disney Plus <laughs> January 3rd Every January. (laughs) (laughs) Let it begin. Let your best come through. It begins with the beauty that belongs to only you. So let it begin. Wash with medicated Noxzema skin cream every day instead of soap to really dig out oil and makeup. It's the best beginning for clean, clear, glowing skin. Let it begin. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know. So if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show. So hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. 
That is going to just about wind it up for this edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. Before we leave, just a couple more items of business that I love taking care of here at the end. And that is firstly, talking about our fantastic patrons that support us financially over on Patreon.com. Literally a squad of people that believe in us so much that they're willing to put their money where their mouth is and help us out with a little bit of dough every single month. And I'd like to take a second here and thank each and every one of you individually. So thank you so very much. Shelby, Marcus, David, Chad, Jonathan H., Arlen, Ben, T2, Stu Monkey, Chet, Agile, Travis, Greg Z, Stian, Lee, Sean, Mike C., Matt, Dana, Slomos, Tobacco, Jason, Tony, Mark, Levi, Adam, Dan, Blasseter, Stashit, Davis, Thomas, Greg L., and New, since we last spoke, Butter Spider. We read his wow. email at the top of the show. Yeah. Now time I listener. know how his damn letter got read. <laughs> yeah, see, he it's just that John easy off. to get featured on the show. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> We're not cheap, but we can be bought. <laughs> That's, we've established that a long time ago, very clearly. <laughs> yes, Butter Spider has joined us as a patron. Thank you so much. Love having you along with all the rest of this amazing crew of people. If you would like to support what we do and have not done that yet, Mo, would you tell the fourth listeners how they can go about it? Oh, it is so easy. I'm doing it right now as we talk you just type www.genxgrownup.com slash patreon hit enter boom there you go boom, there you, it takes you right to the page where we have different levels depending on what you're comfortable with for one or two bucks you know hey you just show us that you like what we're doing and you know help us keep the lights on if you go up to like three dollars a month we have a whole bunch of like extra behind the scenes mm-hmm. features that you yep. get you get a whole bunch of patreon specials and really you go up to even 10 or even dare we say it that 25 dollar level <laughs> which we only have a few left where where those are people that we actually communicate with on a regular basis about what we're doing on future episodes mm-hmm. and future shows yeah. input, and get their input. Kind of editorial decisions. Yeah, kind of, yeah we you know, yeah, and get yeah, their opinions absolutely. and stuff like that. So these times, 2020, not a normal year. So anytime anyone gives us anything, we we really, really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. We love what we do. And, you know, every time someone contributes to us, it just makes us love it even more. Well said. Thank you, Mo. That is going to wrap it up for this edition of the show. We'll be back in two weeks with a regular edition. But next week is usually our backtrack. Yeah. We pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep, but that's not what's going to happen next week. Instead, we have been invited to a special new escape room to attend. Woohoo. Yeah. What they told us is they have taken an old uh, kind of out of use Kmart because those have all been closing around the world and they've kind of converted <laughs> the space into this multimedia, actually Gen X themed experience. Yeah. That's what they said. Yeah, I mean, I'm just nervous about an escape room that's the size of a Kmart. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how long we plan on being there, but... What all can you get done in that much space, right? I guess if I'm going to make the drive over, you know, it's worth it for it to be big. For sure. That's true. Good point. Good point. And the reason it's going to be on the show is typically there's no recording in escape rooms. Because this is a special thing, they've invited us to bring our gear and record the experience, and we're going to present it to you as a special edition podcast in place of our backtrack next week. That's going to be exciting. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. I hope you'll all join us for that. Yeah, I mean, we love escape rooms in general, but this one sounds right up our alley, so who who wouldn't want to do it? Uh, and we're going to bring Rachel along. Rachel, our unpaid intern, will be along for the ride. <laughs> we're going to need the help. I guess I should tell her, huh? <laughs> yeah, let her know. I guess I'll let her know. <laughs> so we hope you will definitely join us for that special edition show. It's going to be next week right here on the feed. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Always fun. And fourth listener, it's you, though, we all appreciate most of all. And we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners to the, not the Backtrack Edition. Fuck me. <laughs> the not Backtrack Edition uh, of the Gen X Grown Up yeah. Podcast. The regular one. All right. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access.